1: Hi friends, just wanna talk about our live virtual show coming up March 6th. We are so, so excited to have you guys on a stream live, hearing the stories as we discuss them all on a live stream. I mean, I'm I'm pretty excited about it.
2: And give your takes. We're gonna have some polling options. We're gonna be interacting.
1: Live chat so we can actually like respond to you guys in the moment, get your takes, get your opinions. And get your iced wine ready. Get the wine ready and your straws. You can't forget about the straws. We are also doing meet and greets and we really, really want to meet some of you guys. We are also having an after party playing some of these decks from Best Self, kind of like we're not really strangers vibes. So you can get to know us more. We'd love to hear some of your answers in the chat, but we're really, really, really looking forward to this digital experience and getting to know you guys more and having you guys participate on these crazy new Never Heard Stories.
2: That's right. You won't want to miss it.
1: (laughs) So I'll put the link in this description, or you can go to momenthouse.com slash THT. But I really hope to see you guys there. Woo! woo
0: Okay. It's so weird hearing you guys, like,
1: through this. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so excited.
2: I know. It's almost like... Uh, being on the set of a show and then all of a sudden you're in the show. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm always the one in the middle. Like, Like, (laughs) oh, Always. No one else will do it.
1: You're so good at it. And we can't make Alex do it on her first show joining us. No, I'm just
2: saying, like, nobody will. Oh, you did it the other night, though.
1: Yeah, I was in the middle. That was fun. Yeah, it was was pretty good.
2: It is nice to be on one end and, like, have a focus. Like, you can just kind of chill.
1: Versus...
0: Also, this is my good side. I'm really happy about it. (laughs) There you go. There you
1: go.
2: Yeah, I feel that. (laughs) That's why I look this way most of the time.
1: Yeah, that's your good side. That's why you always put me on this side in pictures when we take pictures together.
2: You like that side too, though.
1: No, I don't. Yeah. No, this is my good side. We both have the same good side. I know. It's a struggle. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Two Hot Takes. I'm your host, Morgan. I'm Justin. And we have Alex with us. Hello. (laughs) Alex is my intern assisting me for the next semester and she's been crushing it. She also has her own podcast and so... I do. It was a good fit (laughs) for her to join me here, but your podcast is on like loss and grief...
0: Yes, grief support, spirituality, everything that comes after losing a loved one, pretty much.
1: Okay. Well, that's why we picked this theme today. Absolutely. Love and love lost. Let's dive in.
2: My favorite.
1: Okay, so we're going to start off a little lighthearted love dating and just, you know, all the all the stuff that goes into that. So the first one's a little lighthearted and then we'll we'll make moves through the episode. So up first, am I the asshole for being pissed off at my girlfriend for licking all the Oreos? This is so stupid. We mostly get along great, but this one issue is driving me fucking crazy. Yesterday, I went to get myself a couple of Oreos, and I noticed that they looked like they were taken apart and put back together. The cream was smeared slash gone from a couple. My girlfriend confirmed that she licked every single one of them and put them back in the box. She kept saying, eat your chocolate chips, but that's not the point. It's not hygienic having licked food just laying around the house like that. It's just gross. Today, she's doubling down. When the groceries came, she opened the chips in front of me, licked one of them all over, like just slobbered all over it, then put it back in the bag and shook it up. Now I can't eat any of them because I don't know which ones have spit on them. Girlfriend says I'm the asshole for not letting this go, but I can't. It's so gross.
0: That's bizarre. (laughs) That's Uh, bizarre. Okay,
2: wait. Wait. Every time I've had an Oreo, yes, the inside's amazing, right? We all get that. I think most humans can agree on this. Yeah. I also love the cookies. like They're the perfect combo. I have to have them both. I cannot – I don't know. I feel like it's too much of a good thing if you only have the inside. But then also, that point aside, why are we putting them back? Because like, oh, maybe someone else wants the rest?
1: Yeah, that's weird.
2: I don't know. I feel like you take an Oreo, even if you're just gonna eat the inside. And then then just I
1: eat I it know. and throw it away. That's, this is bizarre. No, I used yeah. to I used to be a middle Oreo like napper. Like I, I would do this. And so I like would like the double stuff. Yeah, those were the best ones. And so you <laughs> would just like I would it was super fun. I would like scrape it off with my teeth and like pretend like my teeth were a little tractor. Like I don't know. It was so weird. I have this in my head. I don't know why. But I would like scrape it all off. And then just throw the cookies away. But I like I wouldn't have ever thought in my head like, oh, let me put them back. Maybe my little brother will want these later.
0: Yeah, especially if you're sharing with someone, that's a little icky for me. I would never, never do that. Never put it back if I'm sharing it with someone. No, that's a little.
2: Yeah, it's almost like are you being courteous or are you just being weird? Because I don't. It's not a huge hygiene thing. I it's not grossing me out in that sense. Like I, I, I just keep thinking back to the chicken right?
1: The the cross-contamination. cutting boards and all that. Yeah.
2: Like this isn't striking me that way. It's more just kind of like, what?
1: It's just weird. So there are some edits. Edit, I just want to clarify a few things. They're not her snacks. We pick our own snacks, but we pay for groceries together. So they're technically our snacks. I usually try to eat the ones I picked first, but sometimes I run out or get bored of the same thing. She's welcome to have mine if she wanted. She never finishes her snacks. She eats like a bird. While I work out and need a lot more calories, it makes no sense for her to hoard snacks that she'll never finish before they go bad.
2: Well, Oreos aren't the type of calories to eat after working out.
1: Hey, he's burning enough calories. He can have his cheap meals.
2: Oh, I do it, but I'm just saying, Like, that's an interesting argument claiming that you need more calories and so you're <laughs> eating Oreos where it's like, i get it we all i i deserve all the time i'm not one of those people yeah but it's just like i don't know
0: you also said uh, she licked a chip and put it in the bag yeah she and fucked, shook it up she fucked with
1: his chocolate chips that was mean i
2: don't oh, it was a chocolate chip oh i thought you were talking potato chips i'm like this is really this is yeah. really odd
1: i think it was a uh, well either way chips a chip like they're both good But, yeah, she kept saying, just eat your chocolate chips. And Uh. so the next day she grabbed a chip, like a chocolate chip, and licked it. And put it back in the bag. And put it back.
0: And shook it up.
1: And shook it up. (laughs) That's just – I don't
0: like that very
1: much. It's pretty (laughs) cruel.
2: Honestly, though, speaking of chocolate chips, one thing I have been doing lately is when you crave some sort of dessert after you eat. I don't know if you crave something sweet. Mm -hmm. Kind of like when you finish a big meal and you're like, oh, if I just had a cookie or some ice cream or whatever – I have been attempting to,
1: where keep, are you going? Keep going. I just have to get my charger, but this is, this is really oh, good.
2: I've been doing this thing where if I finish a meal or breakfast or whatever, and you have that craving, mm-hmm. you eat chocolate chips and it takes care of it. Now you're not investing now into a cookie, a cupcake, whatever else it might be. And in doing so-
1: You're getting your fix.
2: Right. But I'm not also eating all the cookies.
1: Yeah, it's the best of both worlds for you.
2: Side note, you know.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm really weird. I um I've asked people about this before, but I actually have a cake which I'm I'm pretty close to having to throw it away. But I have a cake from my birthday You're last well year. Well beyond that. No, point. no, no, no. Everyone told me you can keep it in the freezer for a year, so I'm fine. So I I just have like my um my sweet. Susie's, what is it? Susie's? Susie Cakes. Susie Cakes is the brand out here in LA. And so I have this cake that I've had for a year, and it's just chilling in my freezer. And I'll just go with a fork and just take little bites here and there. Really? Yeah.
0: Okay. I've heard about the cake saving for Weddings. weddings. Yeah,
1: you can do it for a year. You're supposed to eat it on your first anniversary, apparently.
2: I don't know. There was something about these cakes in particular that had a thing on it that said, that's not cool. So... Sure, maybe it applies to the the cake that has all the crazy preservatives and stuff you don't want it. But these are good cakes.
1: I know, but so are people's wedding I don't cakes. Know.
2: I haven't touched it, but you also haven't gotten sick, so
1: I, I'm still eating it. But March fourth is coming up real fast, so I almost
2: purchased about a week before, oh, a few days before, okay. so
1: so I have like a week. <laughs> I have a week left, you guys. <laughs> it's okay. Oh. So, people took this one very seriously. Mm -hmm. Okay. Top comment. You're the asshole. OP left out incredibly important information, which is that these are her Oreos, and he constantly eats her snacks. So, she's doing this to get him to stop. Also, she'll never finish them before they go bad. Oreos won't go bad for like a year. She'd finish them if your greedy ass gave her a chance to. Yeah, this is interesting. Why does this person have so much info? Did OP... His girlfriend, come and comment or something. I'm uh, I'm intrigued now. But if that's the case, first of all, Oreos do kind of get stale though, they get like soggy, yeah, they do, they get gross. So,
2: they say a year,
1: they this person said a year, Mm-mm. they're just like you, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they are. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, They started off, though, not the asshole. This is so effing weird. What on earth is going on with your girlfriend? So I feel like the girlfriend came in and must have commented somewhere. Yeah. Interesting. I know. Because
2: the original question was.
1: Like, am I the asshole for being pissed off my girlfriend, at my girlfriend for licking all the Oreos?
2: I mean, it's really not that big of a deal. No. But. I can understand where if this applies in many aspects, like the Oreos are one thing, but yeah. it, if it's if it's a bigger issue, then sure. But it's, I mean, it's snack food.
1: That's like I think that's where I'm at. I'm like, why, like just buy two bags of Oreos at the store. Exactly. I
2: it just like this doesn't. I don't know. To me, this doesn't feel like I would go to Reddit and ask the community if I'm being the asshole because I'm mad. I don't know. It's just... I don't know.
1: It's silly, yeah. It's funny, though. I I guess, like, if your relationship... If the biggest problem in your relationship is the fact that your girlfriend's licking the Oreos, like, it can't be too bad. True. Right. But this could be... It also could be one of those things that's so petty that just drives him nuts. And, honestly, it could be a deal-breaker. I'm very curious.
0: Yeah. I think I would have gotten another bag or whatever of Oreos Mm -hmm. and then seeing what she does with that. If she goes into the other one and starts licking both of them, putting everything back, then I'd say something or I'd ask the people of Reddit. But (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I don't don't know about that. It's a little weird for me.
2: (laughs) I mean, has Oreo not made – because you know like how there's edible cookie dough and all that stuff now? Yeah. Has Oreo not made just – a little container of just the stuffing?
1: Um, I think they did for a while, Like actually. Lucky Charms
2: did the thing with just the charms? That that whole thing? That might
1: have yeah. been a thing
0: like a while ago. Okay, I I'm so curious. don't know if recent, but they definitely did something. Like <laughs> I know. <laughs> <Okay>. I feel, <laughs> I'm sure they did.
1: I feel like I've definitely seen it in a store somewhere. Because that's what she somewhere. needs. I
2: mean, that'd be great. Yeah. Damn, look at those. those oh, my thick.
1: God. Look at these ones. She would be in heaven. It was a cookie, and it was called The Most Stuff. Look at how thick that is. Oh, my gosh.
2: Wait, just the cream? Yeah. All stuff.
1: Yep. So it's a thing. So maybe he just needs to buy those for her.
2: I've never seen those. I haven't seen is them Is that in what you're thinking either.
0: of? I was thinking like I, kind I of can, like, a like
2: a frosting. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, that's Damn, what I've seen. Know. Damn. Moving along.
2: hmm
1: Boyfriend spotted on Coffee Meets Bagel. Cheater, question mark? My boyfriend and I have been together for three years. We just started a long-distance relationship a month ago. Last week, a friend of mine found him on the Discover page on Coffee Meets Bagel. The profile pictures are all old pictures, and this could be his old account. So I wonder, does showing on the Discover page mean he has been actively using the app, or can you be on the Discover page even though you haven't used the app in years? Thanks. Well... I've
0: never used that app. Before.
1: Yeah, I it's even, like a hingey kind of vibe. It's a bumbley dating app vibes.
2: It, it actually is.
1: Yeah, it's a dating app.
2: Oh god, I thought back in New York I was on every app there was, but I guess I wasn't on that.
1: Well, this one. What did we find out? It's in San Fran. Yeah, it's San Francisco-based um,
0: dating app. Hmm. I don't know how I, I don't know how I feel about that.
1: I had a college roommate, and her boyfriend. Was always pulling up on Tinder, Ooh. always, and so many people would send her his like profile and be like, "Hi, like,
2: oh gosh,
1: we see so and so on here," and like everyone knew, and it was just like such a bad setup for the both of for her, like,
2: like she, obviously currently using,
1: yeah, yeah, it was like active, like I don't, I don't. I thought Tinder used to show like active within whatever or like recently active or something back in the day. Like true. This is when I was in college. This was 20, 2013. So And most apps I feel like
0: do that now. I thought so. Say like active now or recently, something like that. I just I've never that app is interesting, new to me. I don't really know much about that. But whenever you like get into a relationship or something, do you tend to like oh forget, like, oh, whatever, I'm happy, or do you, like, like go back to your apps and everything that you're on and be like, oh, I actually have these, these accounts, I should probably get rid of them so people don't think of anything. Yeah. I don't know if some people, like, that just goes over their head, or I don't really know.
1: But three years, like, they have been together three years. Yeah, that's the time. <sighs> like, you gotta look at the apps on your phone.
2: I mean, that's, yeah, that's way too long. Come on. Yeah.
1: Come on, yeah, you've you've yeah. probably
2: gotten a new phone since then. I mean, when we hit, True. When, yeah. I don't even know. Were we together a month?
1: We weren't. We were two months. We definitely weren't official.
2: Well, we there was a point where uh, Morgan and I we both pulled out our hinge and we went to the thing where you actually delete your account mm-hmm. and it sends this like it was a really cool it message actually, yeah. And yeah, it's it like really cute. we're so happy to see you go because it means you found right, right, and right. so. I think there was just, it naturally kind of happened where we happened to do it around the same time.
1: Yeah. And I think I sent
2: you the screenshot of that message because I thought it was funny, but I think there's a point where you hit that you're like, I'm going to delete this app because A, it's weird to have the app on your phone Mm -hmm. still, right? Yeah. For sure. B, sure, maybe you haven't touched it in a long time and you haven't updated pictures, but- it's still kind of there, right? I don't know. Yeah. There's a reason we both had the thought to delete it, but I can also see how some people would just be like, oh, I found it and I have a million apps on my phone. I haven't opened it, but it's still there. And I guess technically you'd still show up on the discover. I don't know how this app works. I'm not but- sure.
1: I So I have one more from, this one is actually from a listener and oh same, like same problem. So she goes, my boyfriend and I, both age 22, have been together for a little over three years. About two weeks ago, I was feeling anxious about our relationship, which I have never felt before. A couple days ago, I was over at his place and he was napping when I had this gut feeling to peek at his phone. I've never done that before. So that itself was a bad, sneaky experience. Anyways, as I was scrolling, I saw the dating apps, Bumble and HUD, H-U-D. I don't know. I don't know about
0: <laughs>
2: we that. We both one. look.
1: Yeah, I don't, We're I like, don't know about Alex, that one. You're you're young in the dating game. Like, what is this one? I don't even know about that. What, one. we
2: got all the apps?
1: Yeah. Oh shit. You all right. Yeah. To, you gotta have all the
0: apps. I have some, but I don't know about I don't know about these. These are all these are new to me. HUD, new yeah. New to me.
1: I opened them up and saw that he partially created profiles. I didn't see any messages or anything. I immediately just closed out of the phone. Later that day, I brought it up and he said he hit a low point and thought our relationship was not doing good. So he downloaded the apps, made the profiles, but then realized it was a mistake. He said he never actively used the apps for talking to anyone and never reopened the apps after the first time since downloading them. He says he regrets it and wish he'd talked to me when he had the initial feeling instead of doing what he did. I have not had any doubts in our relationship other than this. I was very secure, happy, and in love. Now I'm just sad very sad I'm not sure if this is grounds for breaking up I really need advice on what to do
0: yeah I that's tough I feel like if I was in the position well first of all I'm kind of against the whole like looking through people's phones kind of thing yeah but also she she said she has a gut feeling always trust your gut and explore that but it's kind of it's, it's better than the other situation because that he actually, like, owned up and kind of, like... Admitted. S- admitted to it. And, like, I... Like, what I was thinking when you were reading that to me is he should have gone to her and been like, hey, I'm feeling really weird about our relationship. I want to talk to you about it and gone, gone about it that way. And I like that he owned up to it, but that other situation, just f- seeing that app... Maybe just, I don't know. I feel like asking, but also like you never know what the truth is. It's kind of like this one, I get it. I feel like you can move forward and, you know, regain that trust sort of. I don't know if that's like breaking up level. Yeah. If there were messages with girls, that's a different story. Yeah. But there was no contact, no reaching out to any girls basically. So I feel like you can rebuild the trust and figure that out, but- the other situations I feel like a little bit different.
1: Especially after three years. Like, but this one, they've been dating for over three years too. What it.
2: Ugh. I have two thoughts. Okay. First one being, I can understand, I guess, a little bit just from the past of reaching a point in a relationship where you're kind of used to being together, you're used to being in a relationship, and maybe you're at an age where a lot of your friends aren't. And so. The issue kind of comes about when you're starting to have doubts and feelings about this relationship that you're not bringing up, like you're not having a conversation about it because you have the other person sitting there just like fully trusting, fully in it and they're doing the thing Yeah. and now you're kind of falling off this thing where I think that takes a lot of relationships down when you could talk to each other and maybe work through things or maybe decide it doesn't work. But the problem is you go to the apps and now you've definitely drawn a line. Like you've made an action that now is not thought, but it's actually physically action. And yes, I get get the excitement and the feeling of swiping through on apps and how that can feel exciting even though you – You know, you've been together for three years or whatever. And if you're having those doubts, sure. But it's just the fact that if you're having those doubts, I think that's the time to address it, not to go figure out. That's what's scary about this. Yeah. That's what's scary about a relationship. You get into such a vulnerable state to where you're not going to know 100% of everything. You can't. If you did, you're having some kind of fucked up, controlling, manipulative, weird relationship. Right there's always that element of trust of stuff that you're not going to know, you're not going to see. So yes, your partner 100% could be doing whatever. I mean, they could be going to someone's house. They could be texting someone, deleting it. They could be calling people and deleting it. There's a million different things that could happen and that's part of the vulnerability of the situation and what's scary. But in this instance, if I ever had those feelings, I don't think I'd jump right to an app. I think I would probably start talking to you yeah but it's tough i don't know
1: i think that's like why i'm like i appreciate the fact he did come clean but also he
2: i mean he had no choice
1: yeah right. that's true
2: who knows if he would have said things like when you're caught you're caught i know but he
1: like granted i'm glad he didn't lie but he also could have been like oh i've had that since you know whatever i haven't deleted it because the profile wasn't whatever but i look at it i'm like Okay, you downloaded it and then you got to the profile-making stage and then you realized it was a mistake. But why didn't you then at that point delete it? Why is why are both of those apps still on your phone? He's
2: right. probably just swiping here and there.
1: I don't know. That is like the part for me. And I also like kind of with what you were saying, I, I, I really don't get when people are like, Oh, our relationship wasn't doing that well. Oh, I don't understand why a lot of people's first jump is to seek reassurance or seek out another person, like seek out reassurance from another person, like validate themselves right. like, oh, I'm still mm-hmm. hot, like, blah, blah, I'm desirable. It's like, you're with this person for three years and you can't just say, say something, say anything. Hey, I'm not feeling we're connecting lately.
2: Exactly. And I think there's a point to, if you have some space, even if it's a week, you can quickly start to realize, here's what I have and I know what I have and Mm -hmm, I know what mm -hmm. I can lose. Versus when you're seeing someone every single day and you kind of start getting these thoughts, you won't have that perspective. Yeah, It's just interesting.
0: Yeah, I agree. Different levels of maturity, honestly, depends on the situation. But if you're together for That long, you should know each other by then and feel comfortable enough to be like, okay, if I'm not really feeling right, I should say something. Yeah, he was caught. That's one thing too. Being caught, it's a different story than, you know, sitting her down and being like, hey, like, I really want to talk to you about something that I did. It was really stupid. I didn't know how to go about this. My weird feelings, I just didn't know how to act with my feelings, but the fact that he was caught, that's a completely different story. And that's
2: exactly why his response is what it is. Right. His response may be 100% true. Yeah. But Mm. it's exactly what everyone would say in that situation. Right. Oh, I had doubts and I was doing this for a little bit, and then I realized, I realized that I was wrong and that we are perfect together. Mm -hmm. Perfect. We've seen it a million mm. times. Yeah. So what's actually going on? We may never know.
1: We may never know. Right. <laughs> as far as advice for this listener, I think you just got to like trust your gut. I've mm-hmm. I've given people second chances and it hasn't worked out. And then there's some people that it has. And I think you just got to really trust your gut. And you guys are 22. You're kind of at a formative age in your life. You're mm-hmm. You're still really growing and- for sure. Lots of, you know.
2: I miss 22.
1: Take me back. Yeah. <laughs> take me back. Uh, but it's tough. I You really just got to trust your gut. And I mean, if you give them another chance, then if it happens again, then, you know, you know. Like, fool, right. fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. And I sure. mean, I
0: think
2: after three years, depending on what your gut feeling is, but I think after three years, to me, it sounds like it. See if that expected answer, as mm-hmm. I called it, see if that expected answer plays true, and just feel it out. I mean, your radar's gonna be up now. Yeah. And so I think you can kind Which of is hard. I, it is, but
1: to get that trust back,
2: I know, but it, yeah, yeah.
1: And if you can't get it back, then there's your answer, because right, according to John Gottman, a relationship is nothing without trust. But that just sucks. Mm-hmm.
2: Like. I mean, I feel like at least I know I have, but I feel like we all have had that thing where something happens and how do you come back from that?
1: A lot of work. How do you come back right. from that
2: seeing something that, you're not, that you weren't supposed to see or something that is like, oh, fuck, I, maybe I don't know this person as well as I thought I did.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's annoying how much those little things can really do so much.
2: Because then it's on the front of your mind. Like any sketchy thing then from there on that maybe wasn't even sketchy to begin with, it's like, oh, where were you tonight? Oh, okay, well, blah, blah, blah. And everything starts to sound sketchy.
0: Absolutely.
1: absolutely. Okay, well, speaking of the dating apps, which if you guys are feeling like disconnected from your partner, stay away from the apps. Yeah. If you're single, try them out. I met Justin on there. It's a good time.
2: Or join the apps together.
1: There is that one, too, (laughs) if you're looking to spice things up. So, am I the asshole for banning my sister from seeing my daughter after she took her to a Tinder dates house? Me, 25 female, and my sister, Lexi, 26 female, have a pretty good relationship. Lexi is also pretty close to my daughter, Emily, 4 female. Lexi has babysat Emily several times over the years, and there's never been a problem. A couple of days ago, my boyfriend and I were going out to celebrate our second anniversary. Lexi offered to babysit for us, and everything seemed to be set up. My boyfriend and I were planning to be gone for about eight hours. Unfortunately, about four hours into the outing, my boyfriend started to get a migraine. He tried taking his regular medication, but they weren't kicking in that much. I decided to just drop him off at home so he could relax. I sent Lexi a text telling her I was on my way home early. After I got home, I noticed that Lexi's car wasn't in my driveway. I went inside and called out for Lexi and Emily. They were nowhere in the house, so I immediately called Lexi. After I called her four times, she finally picked up the phone. I started yelling and demanded to know where the hell she was. She said we would talk after she got back to the house. About 20 minutes later, Lexi and Emily showed up and I put Emily to bed. After she was sound asleep, I exploded on Lexi and told her to start talking. She told me that she was chatting with a random guy from Tinder And he asked her to come over. She said that she knew Emily would just sleep the whole time. So she agreed to come over. She said that everything was fine. Emily just ate some snacks and went to sleep in the guy's spare bedroom. I completely lost it. I cussed her out and told her that she was a fucking idiot. I asked her how she could do something so reckless. She got mad and told me it wasn't a big deal. She would never let anything happen to Emily. I told her that she had no right to take my daughter to a random guy's home. She said that she can read people, and she knew that this guy wouldn't hurt anybody. I told her that she's nuts, and she put my daughter in God knows how much danger. I told her I can no longer trust her and that I never want to speak to her again. I also told her that she's never allowed to see Emily again. She started crying and saying that I'm overreacting to the whole thing. I told her that I paid her to protect my daughter, not endanger her so she could go have fun. She continued to cry and beg, but I eventually kicked her out. My mom says that even though Lexi messed up big time... I still overreacted. My mom says that I should reconsider separating Lexi and Emily because they're family. Am I the asshole?
0: There are so many things wrong with that situation. Bro! That is just like dangerous stupid. I just, I can't even wrap my head around like the story that you just read. That's just, that's insane to me. First of all, when the, when the random Tinder guy calls you, you have, you have, you just have to go hang out. You Come have on. We've to all been
2: tempted. We've <laughs> we've the, all, the child. aside from the child, we've all
0: been <laughs> tempted. Come on. While babysitting <laughs> not, a child. No, that's that. You just got to say, I'm babysitting a child. No. Maybe another time when I'm not Babysitting a child. No,
1: Tinder D is that good to make you, like, to have child endangerment on your record. In the
0: spare bedroom,
1: just putting the child away yeah. to sleep in the spare who bedroom. Knows? That I just would them.
2: never put your child in danger.
1: Who knows who's lurking in that house? Who knows who that guy even is?
0: Truth.
1: Yeah. Like, th- they met that day. Like, dating is hard, but you can wait one day. Like, ba- you agreed to babysit. We all we all gotta put ourselves out there and date and like whatever, but like it's a day. Reschedule tomorrow. You right. agreed to help your sister out on her anniversary so she could celebrate her love.
2: Yeah, and it like you're also the girl. Like the guy's gonna be fine with rescheduling. It's gonna be fine.
1: Yeah. It's like it's gonna be just
2: if it's fine. worth
0: seeing each other, he'll be okay with rescheduling. Exactly. It'll work out, it'll be fine. Exactly. Yeah. I'm just, I just I can't wrap my head around bringing – a child to a tinder guy's house no true
1: and like i mean tinder guys can turn into tinder boyfriends mm-hmm. but like on the first day you meet him not not, right. not safe right you can no. put
2: yourself in that situation no but right it's
1: why would you like even as a as a girl like we've you know we had a, a scary episode and i like have talked a lot about how i'm i'm constantly thinking about getting kidnapped like i'm just i'm a scaredy cat and so like putting yourself in the situation where you're just gonna show up at some guy's house that you've never met don't do that like don't put yourself in that situation
2: let alone the kid
1: the kid the four-year-old the little baby yeah no 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 i'm i'm pretty blown away by this one like yeah, no. the mom
0: had every right to freak out as much as she did. Totally, oh. the reaction. I, I can't even imagine. Yeah, the reaction is
2: totally justified. Yeah, and it's gonna. I think at the how this will evolve is, I get you say you're never gonna see her again and whatever, and I don't want to talk to you.
0: Yeah. Eventually,
2: you'll talk. Eventually, they'll be able to see each other. Maybe she just doesn't babysitter or have the responsibility of her mm-hmm. yeah
1: she's clearly right.
2: like this is your sister right Yeah. Like, it's a dumb mistake it's an unforgivable mistake mm-hmm. so just don't have her watch her anymore
1: yeah I think this is a, like a really good example too about why our reactions to situations are so important because I think if she would have just been like you know what I'm so sorry I will never disrespect you again if I agree to babysit I will stay here If she would have, like, been apologetic, I think this would have had a totally different thing where, like, I blew up at her. I was mad at her. I said she's not babysitting her again, but it wasn't, like, I never want to see you again. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's, like, this is a good example of, like, if you're in the wrong and even if you don't, like, I know we cannot feel like we're in the wrong sometimes, but, like, this is someone's kid. What they say at the end of the day is what goes. Right. So apologize. Apologize you like what were what was she doing why didn't she answer four times was she's literally getting dicked down by the tinder guy
2: like I don't know
1: oh lexate who
2: knows but it's just like it's just when you're on a date you don't really check your phone a lot because you're you know
1: babysitting someone's baby you do well, that's
2: different yes but in the in the <laughs> mind where she was focused she's not thinking about the kid in the spare room she brought the kid there in the first place
1: what if there was like a two-way door and someone literally like like, a million things could have kid. happened. Oh. There's a million things. So yeah. bad. So top comment on this one, not the asshole. That is totally reckless. What if the guy was dangerous and ended up, God forbid, molesting your kid? She should have asked for permission first at the very least. Yeah.
2: Yeah, you know the answer. Come on. Yeah,
1: Right. No. You're not
2: even going to ask for permission. Right.
1: <laughs> right. Uh, no. Can
2: I bring your uh, daughter to uh, this guy? I haven't met him yet, but. I can read people.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <Sure>. Happy <laughs> anniversary, by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God. Well, and some people like they really, obviously, they really support OP in this and are just like, no, you're not the asshole. But a lot of people point out too, like if the guy had asked the sister if she wanted a drink and slipped her something, she wouldn't have known until far too late, and that's like just so There's many a million things. things. Yeah. There's like yeah, a million. So. Not the asshole on that one. Yeah, that's an easy one. Not the asshole. Okay, we're gonna get a happy love one.
0: Oh wow. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. No more, no more dramatic love stories.
0: Yeah, oy. Vey. That one was <laughs>
1: <laughs> You're getting like your uh your baptism by fire today. Right. <laughs> oh, I have so many good love stories. I don't know what one to pick. Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh. Oh okay. My favorite. You do like the happy ones. I do. Okay, I'll let you guys pick. I, 23 female, slept with my roommate, 21 female, and now I don't know how to handle my life now. Hmm.
2: Like a little sleepover.
1: And they were roommates. (laughs) And the next choice. I, female 21, might be in love with my best friend, female 22, but I'm already in a relationship.
2: I like the first one.
1: I think you're going with the second one down there. I like the second one. All right, let's go second. Okay. Let's go second. Okay.
2: Yeah, two people just like falling asleep next to each other is boring anyway.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so this one. So I've known my boyfriend, male 22, let's call him A, since I was a toddler. A and I were best friends before we ever began dating, and I'd been in love with him for years before we entered into a serious relationship. We were like the it couple in our high school years because we'd been in a more committed and serious relationship than most of our peers. We've been dating for seven years now, soon to be eight, and I could have really seen us marrying and having children together. Now enters S. She and I met in our teen years, when I was 15 and she was 16. We immediately clicked, and she was nice and kind and overall one of the best people you could ever ask to be friends with. She was also really, really fucking pretty, which I think now also helped confirm that in fact, I was bisexual. She was artistic and driven, which I really appreciated because it helped inspire me too. And I discovered my love for dancing through her. She also clicked with A and they were best friends soon enough too. It was a really perfect situation and I'm still in awe of how lucky I am because I got to meet these two. But lately, I think my feelings for her have developed into something more. She isn't gorgeous in the platonic sense anymore. She's so pretty that I want to kiss her senseless sometimes. And wow, she listens and she communicates so well. And I don't understand how she's still single after all these years. Because if she'd wanted, she could get a partner in a minute. And I've been feeling so guilty over these feelings because it feels like I'm cheating on my partner, which just sounds downright horrifying to me. Because there's no love lost for him there that much I'm more than certain of. He's still one of the kindest people I'll ever meet and I love him more than life. And it's not even like he's not attractive to me anymore. He's still fucking hot and he's even started working out during quarantine. And even though things have been so stressful lately, he's kept up a smile. And whenever it gets too much for him, he seeks out me or S for comfort, which is another thing I'm starting to suspect. There. Really close Damn They could spend hours talking to each other And they go and hang out together Without me frequently too They both have a shared love for video games Which isn't really my thing But sometimes I'd walk in on them sleeping together No, not in a sexual sense But more in the Cuddled up against each other And S was too tired to walk to her place So why not sense
2: Oh yeah, okay, Mm -hmm. cool (laughs) Sweet
1: You guys are losing it. S greets him with hugs and sometimes if she's particularly happy with a kiss on the cheek. And he's never minded them. Even encouraged the physical affection and forehead kisses. But it's never been anything more. I know that much. I know A loves me. He's more than proved it time and time again in all our abundant time together. And S is an amazing friend. But I can't help but wish for something more. Maybe I'm just kidding myself. But I think she may feel the same too. Too? I've caught some sort of longing looks that she's thrown when A and I get affectionate when she's in the room, and there hasn't been jealousy exactly, more like fondness and sadness. She's never treated me coldly unless I've done something to really fuck it up, and even then she's always given me fair chances to explain myself or make it up to her, and has always made the effort to clearly communicate what hurt her or how we can avoid it in the future. I don't know. I have no idea what to do. I don't want to lose either of them. I love them too much. Maybe I should come out with my feelings because I don't want to hurt A at all in the long run. Any advice?
0: Wow. Those are like a million different emotions like just That's circulating a lot. just all over the place.
1: Very complex.
2: I'm processing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I've never uh, been in such situation before.
2: This is like... Instead of just a, a triangle, this is like an equilateral mm-hmm. triangle. This is a perfect triangle, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is-,
1: <laughs> what, is what, was, what one's that called? An isosceles?
2: No, equilateral. Oh. It's all equal.
1: What's an isosceles? It's uh, irrelevant. All
2: fucked up triangle.
1: <laughs> um,
2: I, uh, I, she'd have a better sense of this, but when she said like the look of fondness and sadness when her and her boyfriend are together- how do we know she doesn't like the dude? How, how are we confirming that it's her? I guess she would know, right?
1: That is a lot of mm-hmm. what people in the comments were kind of like, Wait. Like jealousy
2: over the, the same guy because they are so close. They fall asleep next to each other cuddling.
1: Come on. Right.
2: But let's go with the post, right? Let's mm-hmm. go with what she said. Okay. If that's the scenario, then <laughs> I don't. I don't know if you love this guy more than life but then also you're so curious about this i don't know what you could possibly do if you're so curious about one i mean i guess it's not a bad problem to have but also like the worst problem to have
0: right yeah because also if i mean if you're like so so in love with someone is someone really gonna make you like kind of turn your head and make you really, really wonder and fantasize about a relationship with them and you wanting to kiss them and just touch them and everything. And you think about how amazing they are. It's a difference between like friendship, love, and fondness. Yeah. And then that's just, I don't really know about that. If someone kind of, you know, shifts your feelings a little bit and actually gets you involved with them kind of and attracted to them, then- are you really as right. in love with your the person that you're with right now? That's
2: true. I that know. Is I very th- true.
1: I think this is hard. I think. I don't know.
2: I mean, this could be the most perfect love triangle there's ever been.
1: <laughs> I could. Can you imagine? <laughs> I,
2: imagine the threesome that would occur.
1: Well, we have an update. Oh my god. Okay.
0: All right. <laughs> I love the updates.
1: Let's go. <laughs> so the top comment on this one. Someone goes, because it feels like I'm cheating on my partner. They like quote what OP said. Hate to break it to you, but many would consider having romantic feelings for someone that isn't your partner, that you're not immediately stopping emotional cheating. Advice, talk to your boyfriend about how you're feeling. And so someone was like, yeah, I agree. You should definitely talk to your significant other about this. It probably feels like your whole world might come crumbling down if you'd open this box, but it's way better than having this fester in your heart and eating you from the inside out, especially since you all are already so close. True. Mm -hmm. And OP responds, very responsive all throughout the comments. Yeah, it's definitely terrifying, but I imagine he'd feel more hurt and betrayed if I keep it from him any longer. We are close but I'm willing to accept it if he no longer wants to carry on the relationship, no matter how much I wish against that. I'm just hoping it goes well for the update.
2: Yes, please.
1: Update one. So I really didn't think I would be posting an update when I post. Oh, God, sorry. Hold on. Ah. (laughs) My computer is like glitching every time I Zoom. So I really didn't think I would be posting an update when I posted the original thing, but one Redditor asked if I'd feel, and I'd feel bad if I didn't. I literally only downloaded the app solely for that, so I don't quite know how to link the original here. I'm on mobile, so if anyone knows, let me know. So A and I did talk, and it went really well. To cut to the chase, I don't think I could have asked for things to have gotten better. Wow. So we came home with those groceries in hand, and I went straight for the kill. I told him I needed to talk, and he looked concerned and asked me if I was okay and if everything was all right. We both went to our bedroom, and I sat him down. I'd spent the hour... He wasn't here, kind of looking stuff up on Google and thinking about how I was going to say everything. But honestly, with him looking at me as he was, I just went blank. I did spill it like a second after, though. I told him something along the lines of, quote, I think I might be in love with S. And he was definitely taken aback. He went quiet for a second and asked something like, he was clarifying, you think? And I responded in a loose shrug. Looking back, I'm cringing and I definitely could have done that one better. He asked me if I wanted to break up and I gave it a thought again and I told him that I didn't want to at all, but I did ask him if he wanted to break up and he kind of just looked at me for five seconds and I was about to assume the worst, but he said no and my God, the relief. I was still hesitant though, so I asked him if he was sure and he said he was. I know his body language enough to know when he is lying. And I don't think he was here, but still I could be wrong. So I asked him if he was really sure and that it wouldn't be his fault at all if he decided to break up. And he snorted and said, if he didn't know better, he would think I wanted to break up with him the way I was pushing it. Humor has been his coping mechanism for quite a while. So I still wasn't sure, but he said something that was more of a surprise than it should have been. He said, and I remember it quite clearly still, it would be pretty hypocritical to be mad at you about it, too, because I think I might be feeling the same way about her, too. There we go. Oh, my God. It is time. And honestly, I genuinely thought for a second I might have heard him wrong, and I asked him to repeat that in a pure shell shock. He chuckled a little and said that, yeah, we're both in the same boat there. He leaned on me, and I let him, because I think we both needed it a lot there. I asked him why he hadn't ever told me, and for so long, etc. He said he just wanted to mull over it thoroughly before he came out with it to anyone, and that he was really sorry he hadn't told me before. He'd been feeling that way about her for about 10 months now, but he quickly assured me that absolutely nothing happened between them other than said feelings, but he wasn't quite sure they were returned at all. He said he just loved me too much to try anything about it without asking for my consent first, which I appreciated. We talked a lot more, more honestly than we had in months, and it felt really nice. He told me a lot about what it was like when he first made the discovery and how terrible he felt about it, and how he wanted to be sure about it before he potentially destroyed an eight-year relationship for it. He was the kind of person who could hide emotional pain really freaking well for months because of some early trauma in his life. But he he is working on it, and he's in therapy for it even. But when he does start talking, it's like a dam being opened. So I listened as well as I could. He told me he still loved me just the same and that it was still romantic love, and he was confused by that. He explained that while he was still attracted to me like he was before, he couldn't help but feel the same way about S. He really did try fighting that for quite some time, in therapy and when we hung out, but it really didn't seem to work. I could sympathize with him there. We both apologized to each other for hiding it for so long. It wasn't the right thing to do. Both of us definitely have some hurt feelings about it all. But the fact that it's mutual, we both want to work on it to be better for each other and to each other. We considered couples therapy, but I'm not entirely comfortable with that. So we've agreed on trying to settle it ourselves. But if that doesn't work, we'll give it a try. I'm just really happy with the fact that everything's out now. We also talked about our next move. Do we involve S or... (laughs) Do we not? Yes. Oh, my God. After a lot of debating and a pros and cons list, we've come to the conclusion that we'll tell her and that we'll offer her a position in our relationship, question mark. Wow. Become a third person, question Uh mark.
2: (laughs) Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Come on.
1: We're just going to offer her to become our girlfriend. That sounds the best. He's apparently done a lot more researching on it and he thinks it could work if S wants to. All in all, I'm still happy with whatever our relationship is right now, but I know that it can be better and I'm more than willing to work on it. I still love him so much, but I think it's high time we stop letting these feelings eat us up silently. Thank you for the advice, you guys. I might have not told him as soon as I did if y'all didn't push me, so thanks. I'll be sure to post an update on the situation when it changes. And there is one more.
2: Oh, Oh this is unreal.
1: (laughs) I I've knew never it, heard anything like
2: this. It's the perfect triangle.
1: <laughs> it is like I—I I think as far as like a poly relationship could go, like this is the ideal situation. Can you
2: imagine dating two people?
1: I think it, like, <laughs> like I think it would be definitely insane. really difficult. Like
2: is it, like all the dates together? How does this work? Right. I'm so curious now. I'm it, fascinated by this. Let's
1: read the update. Maybe there's some stuff in there. Mm-hmm.
2: <sighs> I'm writing a movie script tonight. <laughs>
1: Uh, hi, so this is really old. Wait, really old? When was the first one posted? First one was posted nine months ago. The, like the update to the first one was nine months ago. And this came out 20 days ago. Wow. Okay. Ooh. Hi, so this is really old, but I thought I'd update. It's been a while since my last post, but I wanted to feel things out before updating again. Which to sum things up, things have been going really well. We're all very happy in our relationship. I trust and love them both with my whole heart. But for the long answer, we sat S down to discuss it with her. We tried being as honest and vulnerable as possible. Wasn't easy, but we did it. And there was a lot of tears, and I was so ready to get my heart broken and feel really shitty, but S didn't give that a chance. She agreed to join A and me to be a couple, and it was one of the best days of my life. We just spent a lot of time together, had pizza parties, kissed and hugged, and watched a shit ton of movies. It was weird seeing A and S kiss for the first time, but I didn't feel bad per se. It was just new. Mm. What did feel sort of bad, though, is that a lot of the commenters from my previous posts brought up how S probably just wants A and not me. And I'll admit, I actually gave it some serious thoughts at that moment. But then S broke their kiss And then looked at me with those eyes, and she kissed me before I even had time to initiate it myself. And that thought went right out the window. But we did talk about it, though, because I've been slightly lurking in r slash polyamory a lot these couple of months. And honestly, and honesty and communication is a really big thing there, and I want to do this right. I told her about all those comments, how I was afraid she really only wanted A and well, not me, and the longing looks and the cuddling. And there's a lot of things I expected her to do here, but not what she actually did. She laughed and called me blind, not in a like mean way. And went on to explain that I've just been goddamn blind to her advances towards me because she wasn't just looking at one person with longing and she wasn't just cuddling with one of us there. And as she explained it, it made a whole lot of sense. In the end, I ended up laughing too. We talked about, we talked to A about it later on as well and had more conversations on how to deal with more probably inevitable insecurity. We did some relationship counseling too, so just a lot of talking going around here. But all in all, dates have been magical and they've been perfect and I really love them. So thanks for commenting if you did and I hope you guys have a nice day.
2: I mean, can you imagine?
1: Just no. imagine
2: being in this situation. Right?
1: It would take a lot. Like I am I'm so happy for them. Because I cannot even imagine like the trust that you have in these two people, and like just the willingness to like take the chance. Like this could have gone so wrong in so yeah. many ways, mm-hmm. and just that that willingness to like take the chance.
2: Well, and what's interesting is how s well. So first of all, to have an eight year relationship, you're damn close. Like right? yeah, you two, like you, two, oh like, you yeah. two fit like you know you're
1: a glove, right? Like, exactly, yeah.
2: And then I guess it's not that far-fetched if to find someone that you, if you are so alike and and fit together so well, I guess it's not weird to have the same feelings for someone that might also fit into that dynamic, that same, Mm -hmm, like they might fit like that as well. So I guess that's that's not the most crazy thing, right? but it's just like, I don't know, I'm just fascinated. It's kind of cool.
1: It's amazing, I mean, to have that, Relationship that comfort that love for one person, let alone two. Like I think that a relationship like this would take a lot of work. Like you have to put a lot more effort to make sure both people are feeling secure, like they talked about, and and valued, and everyone's getting like equal time. But I think you know, extra work aside, I think it could be very rewarding. It's it's an interesting concept. Like poly is something that hasn't really been talked a lot until I feel like recently yeah
0: that's just a crazy. I'm just I'm totally speechless and blown <laughs> away like I I really am. I've never I've never like heard a story like that. I mean I'm happy for them and I mean they express their feelings and they're very self-aware and I really respect that and I admire them for speaking up and yeah. being able to communicate with each other and clearly they, are, you know, on the same wavelength of, you know, trust because they're able to talk about these things and no one, you know, blew up and called something off and it didn't, it didn't go south. But I'm just, there's a million thoughts just racing through my head right now about (laughs) this, even about, you know, the future, what's to come. I don't really know if it comes to if if someone wants to get married, if someone doesn't want to get married, like what happens in the future or if Logistics, one person's yeah. feeling different about another person, I don't know. I wish them just the best, all three of them. Yeah.
2: I mean, the thing that is scary about three is now it's not 50-50. Right. Now it's 33, 33, 33, or it could be 66, 33. Right. If you get two people that kind of get together and say, all right, we're going to... We're gonna ace out the third. There's always that risk. Mm-hmm. I mean, can you do a three-person marriage? Is that a thing or no?
1: Um,
2: I'm just curious.
1: I mean, there's the guy that has his show on TLC and he's got a couple of wives.
2: Well, there we go. So, so it could be happily ever after. I, think I mean, this is
1: cool. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I know, and I think like I know. Obviously, that that show is probably it's a bad representation of polyamory but there are like a lot of um like there's other things I've seen whether that's on TikTok or whatever where like if there are two women one didn't want a child and the other one did want children so that one was whatever and then it was like the the one didn't have to go through childbirth and labor but they were still like oh that's mom and that's mom and that's dad so I think that's interesting yeah I think it really just depends on each couple and what they want out of life but i was it was a good one this oh is like oh my gosh wow. i know it's just like, to have
2: the same feelings and then she comes out and then he's like wait yeah me too
1: yeah like god the risk oh i would have been shitting my pants like during that like cuz the last thing you want is like what when well,
2: like, you might lose both
1: yeah
0: that is really scary i know i just can't imagine being in a relationship with someone and just both agreeing right? uh, on feeling what you're feeling for the same person and both just having, you know, that connection. I, that's yeah. mind blowing, but I am, I'm happy for them. Yeah, I am.
1: I know. That's like, I think like, I just look at like life and it's like, I just think everyone deserves to like find their person, people, be happy, like love is love. Just find, find your people. It's also scary. It is scary. Mm -hmm. Okay. Switching gears. We're moving towards the love lost. And this is like just, you know, we know a lot of people are going, like it is Valentine's Day coming up or, you know, depending on when you listen to this. We're all going through stuff and losing people we love is really challenging. So we wanted to make sure this episode had a little bit of something for everyone. And so this first one, And the rest of this, you know, second half of this episode could be very triggering if you have lost people in your life that you love. So just FYI. So up first, me, 24 female, with my dead boyfriend's mother, 50 female, she wants his dog. Sorry, this is longer than I wanted, but I'm still processing this as it happened last night. To get you up to speed, my boyfriend was killed in a car accident last month. This post is not about that. I'm going to grief counseling and coping as well as I think I can at the moment. We were together for three years. We started living together a little over a year ago. Prior to meeting my boyfriend, he got a ridiculously cute puppy. At the time, he was still living at home as his parents lived close to our university. However, this puppy was his puppy. She slept in his room. He took care of her and he trained her. However, his mom loves dog and doted on her like a grandmother boyfriend and I met in a local park because he had a puppy and I had an old grouchy dog of a similar breed. Adorable, right? We quickly started spending a good chunk of the time with each other. I'd say we spent a good 60% of the week together. And by together, I mean me, boyfriend, my grouchy dog, and his young pup. Dog spent a lot of time at my place and I helped with training, general care, and dog activities. After we moved in with each other, I took on a lot more of dog responsibilities. Boyfriend ended up getting a job with a long commute and a lot of overtime. I was okay with this as I ended up putting my old dog down a couple months ago and I enjoyed having a dog to take care of again. I even started therapy dog training with her because she has such an awesome temperament. All in all, we were a happy, loving family and Dog and I were great friends. After his death, his family came over to help sort through all of his things. His family took the majority of his material things cars, computer, etc., which I was okay with. I kept the sentimental things and joint purchases. I thought that was that. During the whole time, Dog has been my constant companion. I feel like we have been helping each other a lot through this time of loneliness and sadness. Last night, his mom popped by after work for a surprise visit. I thought she was just checking in with me or looking for support. After a few minutes of chit-chat, she simply said, well, now that it seems like everything is settled, I've come to take Dog home. I was confused and asked her what she meant. She explained that since Dog belonged to Boyfriend, it makes sense that Dog be returned to his family. At this point, I became visibly upset, and Mom backed off. She said I can say my goodbyes, but she will be by this weekend to pick up Dog. I am terrified, guys. I don't want to lose Dog. She is a—oh my gosh, it's going to make me cry— She has a wonderful pet, but she is wonderful because boyfriend spent so much time loving her, training her, and spending time with her. I recognize his mom is also in pain. I recognize that his mom always has loved this dog. I recognize his mom has also lived with and spent a lot of time with this dog. I understand why she wants the dog, but I don't want her to have my dog. Legally, I realize I don't have much of a leg to stand on. Boyfriend and I weren't married. We'd only been living together for a year and there is no will. And technically, dog was my boyfriend's property and property is transferred to the deceased family, right? If his family chose to take this to court, they'd have the resources to fight this. I don't. Is there anything I can can do? Appeal to mom's goodwill? Lay on the emotions thick and hope she relents out of pity? Am open to any ideas right now. Dog is my best friend now that my boyfriend is gone. I don't know if I can handle her being taken away from me. Two right now. Afternote. I just want to say his mom is not a bad person. She has always been polite, sweet, caring. His whole family is a bit rigid and can be stubborn. But overall, I don't think they are malicious. I recognize she wants the dog. It's the same reasons why I want the dog, which I guess makes this even more difficult. Whew. Wow.
0: That's such a tough situation because obviously when it comes to, you know, Legally, like, in just in any situation, like, family always has first pick on on their, you know, family members' belongings, stuff, anything. Family always has first pick. But it really depends on who the family is and how they treat her and how that relationship goes. Because, you know, if I was in the position where, like, you know, God forbid, but if I had... If, if if it was my son and, you know, there was a girlfriend and she was the one taking care of the dog and I had this – I have my family and there's, like, this one dog that, like, obviously I love and care for and the family does. But if it's, like, that's the one thing that she, she like, really shared with him and, you know, had – and I, I, I personally would let her keep the dog just because I would take a step back and be like – I have my entire family. We can all support each other. We have everything else of his. She kept the sentimental things. Obviously, the mom's not going to take things that were between like their relationship. But I just hope that um, she could maybe just ask the mom like, hey, could we have a conversation about this? I know that you guys have every right to take anything of his, but- This is how I feel. I feel lonely. This is the one thing that's kind of getting me through this. And obviously they have each other and she can respect whatever decision the mom makes. But definitely give it a shot in the most respectful way possible and acknowledge that you're aware of all of the Mm -hmm. legal things. But um, I just hope, you know, the mom can maybe, maybe see that she has a huge supporting family and this girlfriend just wants – the dog, like a living piece of him, yeah. that they shared. It's really tough. It's really tough Ugh. when it comes to that because the family has a right to to the dog, yeah. and so does the girlfriend. Both
1: are entitled.
0: It really just depends on how she approaches the situation with the family, specifically the mom, and I guess just how the mom wants to go about it. It, it really, it, it's that's just a really hard situation.
1: Yeah, this would absolutely crush me. I obviously I put my dog down last week mm-hmm. and I can't imagine this situation. Like you lost your person, you know, three years, like living together a year. And then the next thing you know, you're, you know, your, your dog. Cause it is, it's, it's her dog too at this point. They've, right. they've been together. She met the dog when it was still a puppy and helped train it. And so, it, yeah, it's the boyfriend's dog, but it's also her dog too. Right. And so to just like go through this traumatic Loss and then have the dog kind of ripped out from her too. It's like, oh, like you just wish the mom, which the mom is grieving too. Like that's her baby, absolutely. So it's just like there's a no win situation here. But it's just really unfortunate the mom couldn't have approached it and been like, you know, what are your thoughts about sharing the dog? What that if we? Too, what if too. we split custody yes. of the dog? That yes. was my thought. Yeah. Like the dog probably loves them both, like grew up with them both. And so, I mean, we share custody with our other little terror dog here. Like <laughs> like she goes back and forth between my dad, our house, and his ex-girlfriend who like is very attached to her. And it works. Like it's a really comfortable situation. The dog doesn't seem to mind going back and forth. Yeah. It works. Totally. So.
2: <sighs> I think that is the most logical thing. if. Mm-hmm. Because you're going to have a heart-to-heart. You're already connected in the fact that you both lost this person. Right. Yeah. Sure, yes, you're his mom. But yes, I'm also his girlfriend who, I mean, it sounds like they lived together. This sounds like this was really serious. So I'm not comparing the level of loss. Right. I'm just saying the dog is now important to both of you Mm -hmm. and can be a tool to help grieve and you know, I don't think recovers the right answer, but just to help have that support system there. You yeah. both can utilize. For sure. And you're not utilizing the dog, but the dog is such a big, I think, a big help for that, for both parties, and I think in the same way. So mm-hmm. if you have a heart-to-heart, then it starts to just feel a little weird if the mom's like, nope, mine 100% forever and doesn't have any compassion to say, yeah, I mean, that's reasonable. Because in my mind, though, obviously I'm not in this situation, it is reasonable to say we could both benefit right, and have the care for each other to allow each other to benefit from this.
0: Yeah. Just communicating and just being honest. And I love, absolutely, I love the idea of sharing the dog. Mm -hmm. That's like the absolute best way to go about it. If, you know, the mom is really doesn't want the dog to only be hers because of the attachment and and pain of her son. Absolutely. It's understandable, but I just hope that, you know, she would be able to see in her heart, like, okay, like this was her dog too. Like they had this relationship. Mm -hmm. This could have been the love of her son's life, you know? Um, It's just, it's challenging, but I really hope that is there are there any updates? There I is an update. Okay, I'm so glad to hear that. I'm I <laughs> yes. really would like I would like we need to it. hear that.
1: Yes. Uh, I you know what makes me sad about stuff like this too is granted like they weren't even engaged, but I've heard like other stories about people like we had been together 6 years and he died and I lost everything. It's like just like a piece of paper. But yet, like, it was clear that, like, this was his person. And so it sucks that, like, if they would have been married, there would have been no question, like, she would have kept the dog. Right. And I think, like, there's just, like, little things like that or, like, you hear about people ending up in the hospital and because they're not married, they can't see their partner. And their family, who doesn't really know them, is still making all their medical decisions. It's, like, just makes you want to just... I just
2: think with this situation, legal stuff, yes. If you're married, then, yes, you'd have the rights to the dog. But... I think it goes beyond that just to have the compassion for each other Mm -hmm. and the sympathy that we both lost someone very important to us and to share the benefit of having that dog. Like even if you're married, even if you weren't, there's no will, like just be. Be there for each other. You're both going through this. Absolutely, You're both going through it. Very
1: true. Absolutely. So she does do a little update on the bottom of the original post. Thank you all for the kind words and condolences. It's a bit overwhelming. This is a very confusing time for me, and it is reassuring to see that it isn't a black and white situation. Sure, it would help if there was an easy answer, but at least I know my confusion and internal conflict isn't too crazy. It's obviously a complicated matter. I'm still not certain what I'm going to do with dog. There are many good arguments for both sides. Fight to keep dog versus give dog to mom. Trust me, I'm trying to read through all of your replies diligently. Right now, I need to figure out how to balance what is morally right, what I can deal with, and what is best for dog. But for tonight, I think dog and I will just watch a few bad movies and have a bit of popcorn. Update. Okay, good. I thought that was it. I'm about to be like, right? do we need a right? right? Do we need a, like write
2: in right now? <laughs>
1: First off, thank you for everyone who replied to my first post. I tried to respond to everyone's stories, advice, and suggestions, but once it got to over 100 comments, it got a bit too overwhelming. So I just want to thank everyone now. I read every comment and every private message, and I appreciated all the discussion that happened. The update summarized. I no longer have dog. Ugh.
0: That's not the update that I wanted. No.
1: Uh, she went to her new home on Thursday... It took me a couple of days to process the next oh-so-awesome new change in my life. I'm trying to talk myself through it, and I'm trying to feel all noble and shit. I figure, uh, I figure an inflated, martyr-like ego is better than being sad, jaded, and bitter bitch-face. Okay, I admit it. I'm feeling more bitter than noble right now. The details for those interested. Last Friday, I ended up calling my boyfriend's dad. We always got along pretty fabulously, and he is the one really holding the family together right now. He gave me a good update on the family, and the gist I got was mom was in pretty bad place. We decided to hold a family meeting about dog. On Saturday, mom, dad, boyfriend, sister, and me got together and discussed what dog meant to us. Naturally, mom and I had very similar outlooks, though I emphasized how dog was a part of my family, my adventure buddy, and now my best friend now that boyfriend was gone. Mom said she never realized I was that involved with dog and apologized for surprising me on Thursday. Both mom and I got pretty weepy and she excused herself to think things over. So I and dad talked for a bit more. I just went over the basics of dog care and border collies in general. His family has always been cat people. So I wanted to make sure that they knew what they were getting themselves into. And also maybe scare them with the responsibility because I am not a saint. (laughs) Yeah. I was also concerned about the well-being of dog and wanted to make sure she can stay happy. I gave him a list of all of the activities I do with her to prevent her from becoming bored and thus neurotic and destructive. It's actually a pretty long list. I also gave him a list of doggy daycares, training centers, agility centers, running paths, hiking places, and vets in his area. I also gave him a copy of her therapy dog certification progress and what the steps are to complete that if they are interested. I then left him a book on Border Collies, and a few website links so he can become familiar with the breed. This is the only thing that has given me a bit of solace right now. Dad laughed after I gave him the rundown. He said it made so much sense why dog was so mellow, and that was because boyfriend and I ran her ragged. (laughs) (laughs) He loved seeing all the work that went into dog, was asking a lot of questions, and was astonished boyfriend dedicated that much time and energy into his furry pal. It was actually very heartwarming seeing dad pretty much light up with pride. Boyfriend had a bad habit of downplaying a lot of what he does, so dad was able to learn something new about his son. I told him that I would be ecstatic if I could keep dog as she is my world now, but I understood if dog had a bigger purpose right now next to mom's side. Okay, that was a big fat lie. I don't understand understand because I am selfish and believe that dog belongs to me, but I am trying to be fucking noble here, okay? Dad thanked me and we hugged, He told me that he and mom will do some research over the next couple days and think it over. Dad called me on Tuesday. He told me mom was insistent on having dog, no matter what. He didn't sound too happy and was very apologetic. He told me that he didn't know if this was the right decision, and he honestly felt that dog belonged to me, but mom wasn't moving on the subject. He timidly asked what I wanted to do. I pretty much started panicking at this point and was hugging dog pretty hard to try to keep my shit together. But I was able to calmly say, okay, I understand. He hammered out a few details, and all I could say was okay over and over. He kept asking if I was going to be all right, and my only response was, I understand. After we hung up, I just sat on the floor crying as Dog crawled in my lap, trying to figure out what was wrong. My panicking got worse, so I took Dog on a 10-mile run to calm both of us down. Holy shit, that's far. Wow. I took the rest of the week off work, and on Wednesday, I took Dog to Boyfriend's and mine's favorite camping place. We spent the day hiking and exploring, sort of playing in the, it's the wrong time of year to play in a lake, and the night snuggling under blankets and roasting marshmallows. I might have slipped her a marshmallow or two. She freaking loves them. On Thursday, I gathered up all of Dog's things and created a list of how to care for her. They dropped by in the evening. Dad seemed pretty concerned, probably because I was a very smiley robot. Mom was ecstatic and was crying as she hugged and loved on dog. I tried to pretend everything was okay because I didn't want to stress out dog and mainly because I honestly felt really bad for dad. He's a really good guy and I could tell he was very worried about me and his wife. I feel guilty that he was dragged into the middle of all this while also having to deal with his own grief. Dad gave me a hug, told me not to be a stranger and that I could visit anytime. Mom hugged me and thanked me and reassured me that they are going to make dog happy and then they left with dog. On Friday morning, I woke up and sat in my empty bed for about an hour. The emptiness started freaking me out. So I sort of threw some clothes in a bag and left. Right now, I am poking at some burger at a fast food joint in the middle of nowhere, typing this out and trying to figure out how my life came to this. Wow. There's more. <sighs> but I feel like I feel like this mom is like this has got to be like the most like terrible situation but she's probably looking at this dog as like the last piece of her her son like yeah. a living thing like yeah, a like living piece of is, her son this is Lady, her son now like this is all she has of him yeah i so. feel like just yeah. now
0: well no parent should ever have to bury a child and i and i learned that from watching my grandparents as when my dad passed away and it's you obviously no one's really thinking straight right now. You think I need to get every single thing that belonged to my son, loved one, whoever whatever family member. You need you want every single piece of them. You mm-hmm. want to get it all. And you know, I, I'm I'm loving the dad right now. Like he yeah. seems like a really wonderful and understanding yeah. person, especially having his son passed away so recently he is like really thinking about other people especially her and i just think the mom is in such a horrible situation mind is so scrambled you don't really know what to do with your emotions you don't even know how you're really feeling at that For point. Sure. oh you're with, just reeling with time i think that she, she's going to be able to see the dog and they're going to be able to make something work out with sharing or visiting or seeing the family more. I love the idea of the, her and the family staying connected. That's a great, great thing to do yeah. in a loss like this. But I just think I'm just, I feel terrible for this girl. But when it comes to like the parents, clearly the mom is in, is in such a horrible, horrible position right now. As painful as it is, give it a little bit of time like take care of yourself as much as you can it's gonna suck it's it sucks for everyone no matter what's going on like the person you loved has passed away um unexpectedly also but it's just with 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 time comes healing and i think that eventually it's gonna be able to work out and this is just gonna be a really shitty rough patch and it's really gonna suck because it for her it feels like it's two losses it's like two it's two losses it is it really is and I just I just hope she stays in touch with the dad and with the family and checks in on the mom. And then eventually as time passes, healing comes, I think she's going to be able to see this dog a little bit more and, and things are going to get a little bit better. It's right. just right now, it, it, it flat out, it's, it's not good and it sucks.
2: As hard as that would be, I mean, you just – because it'd be – tough not to feel bitter about it oh my god right Absolutely. So it's
0: like, it's in, oh my god impossible of course you're gonna have those feelings like that belongs to me i want that but she, she's doing the right thing as hard as it is she is yep. doing the right thing yeah. it's not easy and i don't blame her her feelings are absolutely a thousand percent valid yeah
2: because things would things would blow up pretty quick i would be so yeah. mad at
1: the world yeah. i would i would lose it but there's a part two okay This is a long one, sorry. Updates, updates. Yeah. So first, the embarrassing confession. I became a little bitch for a while. In all defense, it was really easy to do. I woke up with my alarm at 5 in the morning, stared at the ceiling for a bit, and just thought, oh, I don't need to take dog for a run. I guess I don't have to get up. Then it was, hmm, I don't really need to go on my evening walk, hike, lake trip, camping trip, etc. as there really isn't any point. No boyfriend, no dog, because it's cold, and I'm a little bitch. So I sat in my apartment, going to work, eating takeout, watching shitty shows, and sleeping. I lost lost most of my motivation to do anything. I just wallowed in bed a lot and trying to sleep as much as I could because sleeping was the only way I didn't feel so alone. Luckily, I have one or two good friends who give a shit. So I woke up one morning to a banging on my door. Friends walked in all businesslike and simply said, you're moving. (laughs) I stood there in my sweatpants because I gained about 15 pounds in one month my hair in knots, all confused and bedraggled, and honestly, pretty stinky. She told me one of our acquaintances needed a new roommate for January, and she thought we would get along well. I protested and was terrified of losing the one place that was home to me, boyfriend, and dog. It took almost a month to convince me to leave my apartment. It was one of the worst moments of my life when I began packing things up, throwing other things away. Almost worse than when boyfriend died or when I lost dog. I can't really explain why I felt so horrible and angry at this particular moment. I am sure a therapist could tell me, oh yeah, I stopped going to grief counseling too, so I guess not. Long story short, let's just say I wasn't very happy, but I packed up my things and moved over to my roommate's apartment. On New Year's Eve, I bought a bottle of wine, sat in our old, stripped bare apartment, and all dramatically said goodbye to my old life or something. It was a movie moment, really. Oh, And I got copiously drunk and cried for hours, with snot running down my face. But mainly, I think it was a touching scene. But I think things are starting to look up. Roommate and I get along great. She owns a lab mix, and the big goofy guy loves cuddling. And it is nice to come to a home that isn't just filled with old t-shirts and abandoned dog toys. I'm still a sad panda, but at least I graduated from little bitch. I take showers now. Now for the good news. Last week, I ended up visiting Dog. She was ecstatic and so excited she might have peed herself a little bit. She looks healthy and happy, and that is what really counts. But the best thing is what Dog did for my boyfriend's father. Dad lost a good 30 pounds since I last saw him when they came to take Dog away from me. He was so excited to tell me all the things he had been doing with Dog. He took up bicycling and then running to try to keep Dog well exercised. He and mom take walks with her in the evening and began hiking on weekends. Dad sheepishly mentioned that mom lost some weight as well. (laughs) And they are both aiming to be healthier this year. You could tell dad just doted on dog. He said that since she was a herding dog, he began taking her to a local farm that trains sheep dogs. But then it turned out she was scared of sheep. (laughs) So that was that. So now they are trying out agility because he read that Border Collies are good at that. I realized he must have read all the resources I gave him on Border Collies and tried his best to keep dog happy. He excitedly showed me dog's therapy dog certification and talked about how they go to a local hospital once a week now. It was honestly a weird moment for me. It was great to see that dog was doing well and is happy. I was also touched by dad's devotion to dog and also how much he had changed since a boyfriend's accident. He is healthier, happier, and enthusiastic. Even though mom was the one who wanted dog, I could tell that dog was really dad's pup now. Dog adored dad back. I don't know if it is because dad and boyfriend were so similar in looks and personality, but dog truly loved dad. And that made me, well, mad. <laughs> I'm only human, really. I know dog still loves me. She proved that with her overly enthusiastic greeting, but it was like another check on the list of things that aren't mine anymore. I told dad that I am ecstatic that everyone is doing well and how great dog looked. He beamed with pride, telling me it was the least he could do for the dog his son loved so much. We finished lunch, hugged, and then cried. And then I cried the entire way I drove home. So that is where I am now. I'm starting a new life and still, tr- and still struggling to take regularly scheduled showers. Dog is doing well with her new home, and she really has brought new hope into dad and mom's lives. I think, no, I know I made a great decision for sending Dog to live with mom and dad. You guys were right. I'm strong and young enough, and it helps that I have wonderful friends that I think I won't sleep or stink away to death. And Dog has gone off to do amazing things and bring back happiness to parents who lost a son. These stories really fuck me up. Dog is truly an awesome animal, and I will continue to miss her every day, but at least I know she is happy. So I think everything is going to be all right.
0: I'm tearing up with <laughs> you, don't worry. <laughs>
1: oh, it's just so sad, but yet like... Ugh.
2: This person's an amazing writer.
1: I know,
0: amazing writer, wow. amazing person. <sighs> and although I know that every single person in that family, her, everyone would do anything to, you know, take back what happened. Yeah. But sometimes these losses, good things can come True. from them, and everything happens for a reason. I believe that if you're not. Life would have definitely been beautiful if that son continued on living. Yeah. But when your cycle completes and when you're, it's your time to go, you go and whatever's supposed to happen happens. And people have their own paths and they're, you know, protected and on their way. And it just I'm I'm just so blown away how everything just happened, you know, the the dad and mom are now Healthier, yeah, Yeah. and they're taking care of themselves. And although for her, you know, the dog isn't exactly hers anymore. But in all, she's all these changes. She's you know had to move and everything, and it just it sucks in that moment. But slowly, just a lot of these things are going to turn into blessings, and she's going to be okay with her new normal and a lot of good. Things are going to come from it, and I'm just glad that you know healing is is coming for everyone involved in this story. And it's really it's wild as dark as it seemed when the dog was taken from her. <sighs> it's things are falling into place, mm-hmm. and things are starting to make sense. And I just think with time, um, everyone is going to be is is going to be okay.
2: Yeah, you got to feel good at least that the parents took it so seriously all the time and all the materials absolutely. she provided yeah. like that at least would be inspiring to see absolutely yeah like every detail oh we've done this we they we did changed the they completely changed their lifestyle <laughs> yes in the essence of what happened but also to accommodate the dog and really take seriously what their son and what she wanted
0: absolutely there's so much respect between all of them it's so amazing
1: it is. It's it's also like you just commend her for I I would be wallowing in a pit of self misery. I would yeah. I the and like thank God for her friends, like everything she went through, but thank God for the people that like got her up, got her a roommate.
2: You're moving. You're moving. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. no
1: questions asked, like you're moving. And just like her and her self-awareness and like just hearing how she described this, like where she like the dog, like clearly loved the dad, and she's like You know what? I was mad. And it's like she's going through it. Like she's not only going through the stages of grief for the boyfriend, the partner she lost, but for the dog. And like – true. Yes, the dog is happy, but, you know, it's still – it's not hers. And so to have that ability to be the bigger person and realize like I know I made the right choice as much as it fucking sucks. Right. So amazing, amazing, amazing person and – Yeah. Wish her the best. Absolutely.
2: I mean, to be that in touch with yourself and your emotions and, I mean, it's pretty, I don't think that's super common.
1: No, it's not. I, especially after a big loss like this.
2: Right. Exactly.
1: Wow. I think you have, you have one that plays right into this story actually. Yes. Continuing on this, this journey of love lost.
0: God, this one's a roller coaster. I know. Whew. Yeah, I know. wow. Oh, my God. I'm like, I'm really, I'm, I'm feeling for them right now. Ugh. I really, really am. These
1: ones are tough. I, I think it's It's easy to like, we all love love, but you forget like, we all lose love oh, too. Oh, for sure. And it's like, oh, just fuck it. Sucks. I know,
2: I wish I had, wish I had more here, but.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> so I have two. Okay. How long until it doesn't feel like you're cheating on a dead person? It's been four months since I, 20 female, lost her, 23 female, and almost every night is tear-filled. We were a semester out from graduating together, and I'm not even excited about it anymore. I met her family at her funeral. I'm so tired of well-meaning people saying, you have to move on, you can't avoid relationships forever, and especially, she'd want you to be happy, because she did not say that to anyone, she's dead. How... About We don't speak for dead people. I want partnership but only hers. I'm fine with no one else ever liking me I have an absurd amount of guilt at even entertaining tinder or whatever else it is I'd rather not put myself out there to have another person die on me But even more is that we never broke up to begin with so I shouldn't be on it anyway And then there is an edit after My shifts are at night and I struggle greatly with the downtime of grief on a nightly basis as she passed while I was actually on shift. It's getting harder to answer everyone individually to thank them as I get more tired and and closer to getting off work, but I appreciate the helpfulness and all the comments.
1: I can't even imagine because, like she said, like their relationship never ended. There was no we broke up, we're not working out. Like it was just like – Same with the last story. Like that person was just ripped from you. Yeah, taken from her. And so I don't even know. There's not a timeline. People telling her you need to move on, go fuck yourselves. There's not a timeline. I can't even imagine.
0: Yeah, people's opinions in that situation. It just doesn't matter. Like what people think. You can't – like it's easy to say because you want that person. I'm sure the friends and peers, everyone were like, wants her to be happy and find someone and have an amazing love story and think, oh my God, she's like so happy looking down on her, finding someone. But it's really when you're actually in that position, it is far from easy. And it's okay to not get back in. Who cares if it's been four months, four years, like whenever you feel comfortable to get back out there, you can do that. If you don't feel ready. You don't have to do a single thing as long as you're taking care of yourself and you're happy. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I've never actually heard it put that way, but I think that represents it very well that you would feel like you're cheating on Mm -hmm. someone that's no longer here. Totally. Like that's – Yeah. That puts the motions, I think, in the right context. But yeah, it it sort of reminds me of the guy who continued to wear his wedding ring.
1: Yeah. After
2: he lost his wife and – if people had a problem with that and it's just like I. there's a time, like you said, I think, you know, there's a time to grieve and mm-hmm. then there's a time to consider being ready for other things. Mm-hmm. And it really has nothing to do with anybody else. No. It's, it's your choice. It's your feeling. And if it never happens, it never happens. But right. it's no one else's choice decision to tell you like it's ready to you're ready to move on you should do this you should do that because no it that's not going to solve anything no. you're going to go into something not truthfully and not even for yourself and
0: or not ready emotionally unstable as well like you're just gonna i can just picture myself just getting frustrated that you just you don't want to force anything especially yeah. after a loss like that you got to take time for yourself and if it comes to the point where you really you want to try and get out there you absolutely do that because it's very okay and no one up there is looking down mad at you feeling right. cheated on you know yeah that's definitely not but i completely understand you know it happening you know just someone you are with passing away like that i just i i i I can't even just imagine like you'd still be with them. That's I'm sure what she's thinking, you know, I'd still be with her. Why would I go just because, you know, she did pass away, but why would I go and instantly, oh, I have to find somebody else right Right. away. I have to, because I was dating someone, I have to find somebody else to date because they died. It's not, it's not really how it works. It's easy for people to say, I know that they mean well, but you got to just consider if that was you. You, you don't want people pointing fingers saying, hey, you, you should go get back out there and, and start dating. Yeah. Definitely not a good feeling.
1: No, this is another one of those things we need to add to the list because like I'm sitting here and this was like she lost her partner four months ago, right? Mm-hmm. It was four months? Four like, months. Four months is nothing.
0: Four months, it feels like four days for some people. Yeah. Four
1: months is absolutely nothing. So the fact that people are already coming at her being like you need to move on, you need to move on. Like what 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 do you mean? It's been four months. Not four years, not 40 years, like four months.
2: Well, no, I don't think there is ever a good time to bring that up to someone in this position. Mm -hmm. I will say I do think there is an aspect to when the time is right, I think there is a lot of positive aspects to getting back out there Mm -hmm. and meeting new people and reintegrating back into that. I think there is positive parts of that. That will help with grieving and everything else, but you do it on your own timeline.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Keyword, your timeline. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Let's add this to the list. Don't ask people when they're getting pregnant or when are you having kids. Don't tell them to move on after the loss of a partner. Period. Like we need to, we need to get a, it should be a poster. It should be a shirt. It should be something. Let's get a blackboard. Cause I say this every episode. I'm like, here's another one to add to the list. Like don't ask people about stuff like this. And it's like,
2: That'd that'd be cool.
1: I know let's, get a, let's yeah. get a little chalkboard back here mm-hmm. but it's like it's just like it blows my mind that someone after four months like and grief I like from my experience with it it's not something that ever really goes away it's just something that you learn to like live with it's just like you grow around
0: your grief and with your grief you don't grow from it it never yeah. leaves you it's always with you it's just how you grow with it mm-hmm. and learning how to adapt to that yeah.
1: yeah well I wish her the best and I hope she doesn't feel pressured and just focuses on her healing. Yeah.
2: You got to yeah. I I don't and and to that point I don't know if it keeps happening, you got to just tell people to back off, I think.
0: Absolutely.
2: Because yeah, okay. I think right.
1: Yeah, set a boundary like please do not talk to me about this any anymore. Yeah. I know you are trying to look out for me and you're trying to make me feel better, but you're doing the exact opposite. Absolutely. Please do not approach this anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Set a boundary. It's oh God, I can't even imagine.
0: It's hard for people. They mean so well. They want her to be happy and in love and with someone that treats her right, but just just you gotta you just gotta give it time and respect that. Just it's it's hard for people that have never been in the position before. I've never been in the position where, you know, this is this has happened to me. But mm-hmm. um, I just know that you you gotta give them time. And I hope that one day if she feels like she wants to get back out there, I hope that she finds the most wonderful person yeah.
1: ever. Yeah. Well, exactly.
2: she can still respect the fact that these people, they're not doing this in a negative way. Oh, absolutely way. not. They're just, they don't get it, and they're just trying to support. So she, she sure. can respect that mm-hmm. and then still just nicely ask, hey, I'm not there yet. Can you just not bug out? go down this road right now?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. For sure, Okay, last one. Let's. Let's do it. All right. Dating after
0: the death of a parent. My mom passed away a year and a half ago, and it has been hard for me to form connections with other people because I feel like one day they'll leave me. And on top of that, my depression, I feel like dating apps might be hopeless for me. However, I do really crave a connection. I also fear I may become too reliant on another person. My mom hasn't been here for almost two years and I miss her dearly and every once in a while I'll have a really bad day. I'm 22 and I'll be 23 soon and I feel like I wasted a lot of time focusing on myself and now I don't know how to date. I basically want to see what it's like for other people and want to get some advice on the dating world.
1: Yeah that'd be really tough. I feel like you know we kind of talked about it a little bit earlier but dating and trying to connect with people who really have no idea what you're going through i can imagine would be very very difficult and just alienating like you just you feel like no one would really understand you and your loss and
2: i don't think any time was wasted spent on yourself by the way no i think that's yeah. very important and i don't know if there's a way you could have approached it differently to be super ready for this Absolutely. Um, there, there's just no easy way about it. But I think there there is hope. Like there is more positivity. There, There's more people out there that won't just like take advantage of this situation or take advantage of you being, you know, in an, an emotionally tough place. And also too, yeah, maybe you might find that, Initially you are too reliant on them. You are too eager for a connection that you almost go overboard with it. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. You're gonna have to figure that out. But Learning. at least right. yeah. at least figure that out to be able to get to a place where that's not the case. But I you can't I just think you can't shield yourself from it forever. If you're no. if you're craving if you desire this connection and, and a relationship or just more than being alone then you should go find it. And don't worry about messing it up. But try and push through it. And it's not, I mean, nothing's ever perfect. The movies are crazy.
0: Absolutely. And
2: it's (laughs) never like the TV shows or any of that. So you got to, I think, if you want it, get out there, go for it. If you screw it up, you screw it up. But, you know, you'll build to something more positive and something that you love and are looking for.
0: I completely, completely agree with you. The first thing I thought was like, first of all, wasting time on yourself, not a thing, especially in any situation, grieving or not taking time for yourself and, you know, learning to love yourself and grow strength and, you know, self-awareness, everything that is not wasting time whatsoever. That's an amazing, amazing thing that you're doing, especially in this situation grieving such a painful loss. Like you have to do that. If you don't take the time for yourself and you just try and jump into the world of dating, it's really not going to feel good. You're going to be really mad at everyone, every situation. Like I've been there where I was like, I don't even know when I'm going to look at a guy again after experiencing my loss, I was like, I don't know. I was like, don't even look at me. Don't even be, I don't even know what's going on. But then once I was like, okay, like I kind of want to start getting back out there. I needed to take the time for myself to heal yourself. Cause you need to love yourself first and feel comfortable in yourself before you can love somebody else. You can't just dive in without doing that. So She did not waste – that's not wasting time. She did an amazing thing, and I'm so glad that she was able to do that for herself. And um, eventually – it's going to feel really awkward at first. I'm not going to lie. It's No matter what, it's going to feel very awkward and uncomfortable. But trial and error, like just give it a shot. If it doesn't work, it's okay if the first person you try and go out with and meet, if it doesn't work out, like that's okay. Yeah. You know, don't pick on yourself that it's – about you and your grief like people go on people are totally fine they go on dates every day and it doesn't work out and that's okay it's just yep. it's normal it's just the world of dating it's yeah. not easy in the slightest bit can confirm it is not <laughs> easy in the slightest bit yeah but um it's hard in these situations not to be extremely hard on yourself because like you know like you're not feeling good and kind of grieving it just it's a reminder like hey okay, I'm not really I don't feel good. I'm not supposed to feel good right now. But um, yeah, just for her, I would just say, just try not to be so hard on yourself and you'll eventually get there. Just give it a shot. If it doesn't work out, that's that's okay. That's yeah. very okay.
1: Definitely. I, I think too, like I can imagine you when you started dating again too, running into these awkward situations where people ask you questions too, like, oh, tell me about your family. Oh, how's how's your dad? How's your mom? Tell me about them. And it's like, I can imagine those situations are so like triggering. Absolutely.
0: They are. And
1: so it's like for this person, like, or anyone going through something like this, like give yourself some grace. Like you are going to have these questions come up and be triggered. Like,
0: right. You'll know how to answer them and you'll eventually learn how to be comfortable and and know what to say. Like, it's just, you have to have these experiences at first. You're going to have to fail a few times. You need to try and figure out you know what do you want to say how do you want to represent yourself to people how do you want people to know your story and know what happened to you like how do you want to create these relationships and yeah you 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 got to fail a few times figure it out and it's yeah. it's going to be okay with time and she and also advice advice to her you're not the only one that's in this awkward position there's so many people out there and you might even end up running into someone who is in the same boat and you could create a relationship and, and bond off of that True. and then help each other out forever. Yeah. It can, it's, it's, it's wild. The possibilities, you know, things like this can, it can absolutely permanently damage people, but it can really also end up creating some beautiful connections that people can share with each other. And so definitely I I'm guilty for it as well, but just, you can't be so hard on yourself. Just give it a shot. And if it, if it doesn't work out,
1: it's okay. It's yeah. okay. Dating is hard either way. Obviously, this adds another layer of complexity, heartbreak, heartbreak. I mean, there's there's a lot of a lot of layers to that onion, but give it a shot. Oh yeah. Trial and error. Hinge is great. Don't take your niece <laughs> your four-year-old niece right. to a tinder man's honestly, house honestly oh my no god children. i didn't even
2: remember that <laughs> this, this been, is oh wow this has All been
1: right. a roller coaster you guys but this is love and love lost and we had to make sure everyone felt represented on this valentine's day holiday
0: absolutely
1: so that's the episode. Thank you for joining. Thank you for
0: having me. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah. This... Now my heart rate's slowing down. Yeah. I'm okay.
1: <laughs> Come zen. Yeah, this has been an absolute pleasure. You guys, don't forget about the live show we have coming up March 6th. I'll put the ticket link in this description, but we're super, super excited. Ooh. Yes. <laughs> you sound like a little wolf. <laughs> oh. Yeah. It was good. Thank you. yeah yeah okay well that's all i got for this week's episode i don't think there's any other updates
2: i don't think there could possibly be more
1: no this was this Oof. was I, i'm gonna go cry about dog a little bit more
0: yeah and if you want more grief support my podcast the second life is on all platforms
1: let's go let's
2: go
1: <laughs> until next time
2: until next time
1: until next time bye guys Special thanks to this week's amazing partners, OB Fitness, Daily Harvest, Manscaped, and Cocoa Floss. I will be sure to put all of the links and codes in the description of this episode. Be sure to check them out. Thank you.